0: let's let's see the whole the whole podcast as a as a venture of proving to the to the world and the mass audience that we have um that philosophy is in fact cool along with short stories,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to a podcast created by the jack's way collective we're a group of friends who like to talk about philosophy fiction and whatever else is on our minds thank you very much for listening now let's get to the show
0: Uh, Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of the podcast. Um, We are the Jaxway Collective, and um, exciting times. We are recording in the studio for the very first time. We are the Jaxway Collective. My name is Yana. I'm joined today by Oliver, Sarah, and Brendan. So here on the podcast, we talk about uh, philosophy, short stories, um, the odd movie. For today's episode, we are going to be reading Harry Frankfurt's philosophical essay, On Bullshit. This is an analytic philosophy paper focusing on investigating what we mean when we say that something is bullshit. Uh, You can actually go ahead and find the PDF to this paper in the show notes of this episode. And just so the listener knows, we are going to discuss this paper as if the audience has not read it. Uh, That being said, there will be references to the text. We encourage you to read it, but don't think that you can't listen to the episode just because you have not already read the paper. Just so listeners know, for the next episode, we will be reading Leo Tolstoy's God Sees the Truth. So go ahead and uh, read that ahead of time so that you can join in on the discussion for next, uh, next episode. Before we get to the show, I just wanted to mention to everyone that you guys can now go ahead and rate us on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, whatever other podcast platform you guys are on. Um, it's a big help to us. If you guys review us on iTunes, we will read your review live on the podcast, regardless of what it says. (laughs) And also, we would just love to hear from you guys. Please go ahead and send us an email at jackswaycollective at gmail.com. If it's a great email, we will go ahead and read it on the podcast, as long as it's not any more grotesque than the content of this podcast. I think that's everything. Just for a quick intro discussion, we are actually going to go roundtable style here, and we're each going to talk about... One personal anecdote, and it's going to be on the rest of us to decide and interpret whether or not that person's anecdote is real or bullshit. So we're going to go around the table, and then at the end of the episode, we'll actually reveal to everyone whether or not our stories slash anecdotes are true or not.
2: Brendan. So my story, I, uh, I once used the death of a family member to get out of a date with a girl that I was no longer interested in seeing.
3: I believe that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, be. <laughs>
1: Oliver, what do you think? I think that's I think that's bullshit because there's just other excuses that are more viable or available. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I think very highly of your character, Brendan. But so I'm gonna say uh, bullshit on this one, um, Oliver. Okay, this one. Involves Yana.
1: When we were in first year, we lived in this building called Perth Hall and we decided to smoke a joint inside Yana's dorm room and we extinguished the joint on a piece of toilet paper and we nearly set fire
2: to the building. Wait, I want to hear Yana's answer first. I'm going to say no comment on this one, actually. Were you too stoned to remember?
3: (laughs) I feel like it's plausible that very well could have happened, but you might be trying to mislead us. So I'm going to say bullshit.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say, you know what? No, I'm going to say true. I'm going to say true because I know that there have been instances where I've smoked a joint and I'm like, now what do I do with this? And I'm like, I've extinguished it on a really dry piece of wood or something like that. And then in hindsight, I'm like, okay, that was a really stupid idea. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to withhold my guess because um, whatever I say is going to reveal the answer. So let's wait till the end of the episode to find out.
3: Um, When I was a kid, I auditioned for a movie part true. with Jack Nicholson and Robin Wright. True.
0: True, 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 true. I'm going bullshit. No way. Can we ask what
1: the
2: movie was?
3: Sure. It was 2001's The Pledge.
2: I'm going to go with true. Damn. For the record, though, that would mean you were 13 at the time?
3: Well, that was the film's release date. Okay.
2: So how old were you at the time? Not when
3: I may have met with the casting director.
2: Ooh. So how old were you at the time?
3: I was a kid, like eight or nine.
2: Goddamn, so deep. Okay, okay. Yeah, true. So true.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to stay with bullshit on that one. As for me, this actually happened uh, when I decided to fly back to Ontario for uh, Canada Day. I was just sitting on the plane, getting ready to fly, and it turned out that the plane and the flight kept getting delayed for like 40 minutes to an hour, to two hours, and it was actually two and a half hours um, when they actually went ahead and finally took the plane off. And when we found out what the reason of for the delay was, was actually the uh, waste flap on the airplane, and that was actually broken. <laughs> and it was the pilot himself who actually decided to be like, "Fuck it, let's just let's just get this plane off the ground." So we're flying over all of Canada, and um, you know, any one of us at any time can pick our province and just literally take a shit on it um, at the top of the
2: uh, top of the sky.
3: I'm going to say true. I feel like I read a news story about that. About waste being just dumped from a plane.
2: I'm, I'm going to go with true as well, simply because I don't think you have enough of an imagination to write that story on your own.
3: <laughs> a waste flap. Phalange, like, were whatever. You,
2: were you sitting at home, like, thinking of waste flaps? Like... <laughs> Because we all prepped something for this episode. I don't imagine you sitting at home like, the waist flap was broken. It was midnight. (laughs) (laughs) The plane was over Manitoba. sometimes I say the
3: more details you have, the more chances that you're lying.
0: Oh, now I'm screaming bullshit for your example then. Oliver, what do you think?
1: I think that's bullshit. Just the the thought of a waist flap being open <laughs> as a plane traverses over Canada it just sounds so extreme <laughs> In which province would you shit on Oliver Saskatchewan Alberta probably probably Saskatchewan
3: yeah Oh, poor Saskatchewan
0: yeah okay
1: well, it has
3: no mountains for the shit to go you know it just <laughs> slide on down those prairies
0: um, well if you will get through this um, ridiculous fucking podcast you'll hear who won this competition of ours so just a little bit about the paper and Harry Frankfurt himself. He's a American philosopher from Johns Hopkins University. And you know, he writes standard analytic philosophy, but it was this paper actually published in 1986 um, that really brought him into the public eye and got him as famous as a philosopher can get. This was actually picked up by a bunch of publications. Um, He actually ended up on The Daily Show, and his philosophy paper was actually turned into a longer book as well. So it's it's pretty rare to see, and I thought it was interesting to see that this was the subject that got philosophy into mass appeal. So that's interesting. I love this paper. I love reading Harry Frankfurt's work because... Um, Although difficult and dense to read, it's also very precise and clear in its analysis. There's something about reading it alongside one of my other favorite philosophers, Thomas Nagel. I really feel like I'm peeling back layers of a concept, um, which I can't exactly say about something like The Myth of Sisyphus by Camus, which we read at the very beginning of this podcast. It seems like no matter how much digging, you're not really getting at any meat, whereas this, the more you dig down, the more you read, the more you reread. Um, The philosophy actually becomes quite clear and actually quite interesting and applicable to our real lives. How did you guys feel reading it?
3: First time through reading it, I kind of felt like I was reading satire at first because I'm like, (laughs) oh my god, this is bullshit. This is a joke, right? Like surely he can't be going on for this long about it.
2: I think my only issue with it was the fact that when he opened up the discussion, he opened up the discussion by trying to... It felt like he was trying to both minimize and maximize the role of definition when it comes to the role of the word in semantics, uh, because at one point he both marginalizes the definition of bullshit and then tries to define it within like the same piece of work, which felt a little bit contradictory, but the exploratory nature of it The fact that it was willing to delve into the subject matter to make the differentiation, especially in the way that communication has grown in the public sphere, I thought it was an important topic to discuss so we have a greater sense of identification when it comes to what someone is saying, what it entails, and what the end goal of it
1: is. I agree with you, uh, Yana. I really liked how he took something that seemed so mundane to the everyday person and really just broke it down and then you can peel back the layers and walk away with a new understanding of what bullshit is in comparison to
0: lying. And I think that I just really love taking something so simple, such as a word, and truly breaking it down into its smallest component parts, and then attempting to reconstruct it with a clear understanding of the concept as a whole. And I think that that's basically what analytic philosophy and conceptual analysis is trying to do. I really like just going kind of very piecemeal scientific with just such a singular concept but yeah, I also get totally understand Sarah when she says like it can be ridiculous and like we're spending 20 pages of dense ridiculous fucking writing on um something that you know we all kind of have a general sense of what it is in the first place so let's uh let's go into it a bit one of the things i'm most interested in is whether or not this paper actually did any clarifying for you guys
2: the very first question that came to mind was what's the importance in differentiating lies from bullshit because i think approaching the subject matter seeing those two things as synonymous is um it's just intuition uh, seeing as that they both seem to pertain to falsehoods. Um, but it, upon reading it and going into the subject matter, um, I don't know, I felt like the way that he defined bullshit made it something that uh, it made it something that was more practical in use and making the differentiation was more practical and purposeful. And to get that kind of information from it, as well as the affirmation of what it means in real life, in terms of the fact that it, I was able to reconcile it with how I perceived the word beforehand and how I saw it in other people and other events. I don't know. To me, there felt like there was value from it because of those reasons.
3: I do agree with you on that. When I first started reading it, I was like, bullshit is so intuitive. Like, we all know what it is and what it means. And he himself even says that in his opening paragraph. Like, there's so much bullshit. Everyone knows this. Um, but like you said, Brendan, how he delves a bit more into an actual definition of it um, and what it is versus lying, I did appreciate and like that.
1: I don't know if I guess we can talk about this as we go along, if the paper accomplishes what it sets out to do. But I was surprised in on page 18 when he says, by virtue of this bullshit is a greater enemy of the truth than lies are. I wasn't expecting
0: or I never thought of bullshit like that i think that this paper is very cool very interesting showing that i don't know in my opinion like philosophy can be cool and could be hip it can be with the times <laughs> you know the kids talk about bullshit this like 75 year old philosopher he can talk about bullshit too and it's like okay like you know philosophers yeah do they often engage with public life at least to the outside observer like you would say no but i think this paper is just awesome in terms of like bridging
2: that gap um speaks to the youth you already have a girlfriend, Yana. You don't have to try and prove philosophy's cool. Like. <laughs> yeah, you're You're right. not, not going to accomplish something that you are, are haven't already accomplished. So, like,
1: is that what you do on your uh, your dates, Brendan? When you don't yeah. bail on them? Oh, 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 <laughs>
2: <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: the first thing in his Tinder bio. Philosophy is cool. <laughs>
2: no, the first thing is actually sorry. My dad's dead. Can't go out. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, let's let's see the whole pr- the whole podcast as a as a venture of proving to the to the world and the mass audience that we have um, that philosophy is in fact cool, along with bullshit. short stories. <laughs> <laughs> and so this kind of leads us to the first thing that we talk about. I think when we talk about bullshit, is the like intent versus the actual content that kind of makes uh, bullshit different from lying, for example. It seems to me like, at least he says, that the property depends at least in part upon the perpetrator's state of mind. And so there's some sort of intention here.
3: A bullshitter can misrepresent facts, but if he believes it to be true, then that's not a lie.
0: So I think that like the, the real crux of the paper is like distinguishing, okay, what is bullshit? What is lying? Bullshit is less deliberate You don't have that same kind of intent. It is kind of less manipulative of an act. One of the other interesting things was that the liar actually knows the truth and is actively choosing to perpetrate falsehood where— And uh, enjoying it. And enjoying it because it's very Machiavellian, and I'm sure you get some sort of enjoyment out of that.
3: That was actually really upsetting because once I read that, I was like, this whole time I thought I was a bullshitter, but I might indeed be a liar.
0: (laughs) Because
1: the bullshit... But what if you you enjoy bullshitting people? That's a tough one. You know what I mean? Like if you just, if you were to go, you know, you're in an Uber and then you're just telling these bullshit stories to your Uber driver.
3: Okay. This is an anecdote that happened to me in real life. And you guys tell me if you think... I'm more of a liar or a bullshitter. My friend took me to one of her work mixers, and this was back when I worked at a job I wasn't very happy with. And everyone asked me, oh, what do you do? And I didn't want to tell them that I was an unhappy disgruntled office manager. So I lied or bullshitted and said, oh, I'm actually developing an app right now. And they asked me about it. And I went into this whole thing and talking about funding and like the tech guys on the back. And they were shaking my hands, they wanted to invest, and I just kind of slipped out of there. Is that a lie or bullshit?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a lie, I think.
3: But, like, I didn't mean any harm. And, like, I obviously wasn't going to, you know, take money and con anyone.
0: I'm now thinking, like, because I I really now see the concepts of lying and bullshit as a kind of Venn diagram, um, where, of course, there's going to be overlap. So in your specific case here, you know the truth, but you have decided to perpetrate falsehood. And so you are a liar in that sense. For my own
3: enjoyment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the other aspect is, and this is actually in the paper when he talks about uh, the the, I don't know if he's a faith healer or some sort of like gospel preacher, where he talks about the word of God and blah, blah, blah. And he says in the paper, it doesn't really matter whether those things are true or not. What the preacher is trying to do is portray some sort of image of himself. And so In that sense, in your example, you are bullshitting because the truth or falsity of whether or not you're making an app doesn't matter. It's the fact that you want to portray that you are doing this cool app development or you're doing this cool thing. And again, whether or not that's your intention or not is a totally different question as well. Why did you do it?
3: I don't know. Just for fun, just to see what I could get away with. See if anyone would call me out on it.
0: That's Machiavellian. (laughs) That's it also,
1: it. it seems more like bullshit because there wasn't really a particular focus or end goal in mind. You were just imp- improving, and kind of seeing where it would go.
3: Thank you, Ollie. Yes, I was storytelling. <laughs> Brandon <laughs> just rolled his eyes.
2: So one of the things that I found really interesting about this paper was the role or lack thereof of like the objective truth in the practices of, like, lying or bullshitting. And uh, the example that I came up with when I was reading it was, like, imagine, like, a society of flat earthers. The flat earthers, if they're in a discussion... <laughs> like, let's say one of them gets abducted by, like, a round earther, the round earth or as we so call them... the general them, population? The general population. Thank you. <laughs> so if a round earther, like, kidnapped a flat earther and said, I'm only going to let you go if you say that the earth is round, they can say yes, the earth is round, and it would be a lie because it is in opposition to the belief system that they are operating off of. And there is the intent of saying something that is perceived misinformation for an end goal. And then beyond that, like, if you were a round earther in a society of flat earthers, and you were just like, you know, you were just talking about, oh, you know, how, how great is it the earth is flat, guys? Like, I feel like that would be bullshitting where even if it's against like the objective truth, that part doesn't really matter. It's more so about the belief system and what one holds to be true and acting in opposition to that.
3: So what I don't get then <laughs> is like at the end of this paper, what is morally superior then, lying or bullshit? Come out with a clear answer to that.
0: Yeah, it's a a tough one because now I'm trying to like think of how to answer that and also like kind of fit it in with your example, Brendan, because like in your example, you have, you're kind of intentionally acting in bad faith to get what you want, right? You are lying and you are going against your beliefs intentionally to get what you want. In this case, getting what you want is just being released from the prison or whatever you've been held captive in. So in that sense, like it yes, it's very like you're serving your own self-interest there, but it's tough because you're also introducing coercion because you are like being forced to like be held in this area. so the question becomes like just basically how the fuck do I get out of here? Uh, I will get I'll do use whatever means. And so what is morally superior of the two? I feel like they're both good I, I guess I guess I guess I see like the bullshitter is more and I, I feel no ill will against the bullshitter when compared to the liar and it's because of that intent. I see the bullshitter as like, yeah, okay, like you're bullshitting, but it's you're also benign. just... It's benign. It's yeah. benign. Like you're a little bit... I don't want to say ignorant. I wish I had a better word than ignorant. You're not doing any harm. Whereas like if you are intentional in your deception, then like, yeah, I see that as definitely worse. And...
3: But if we ground it in a more modern example, say politics, there is a lot of bullshit that goes on there. They might not even know their line. In a certain president's case, he might think that what he's saying is true it's literal bullshit spewing out of his mouth. Like
2: <laughs> literal bullshit spewing out of his mouth.
3: It's a waist flap. <laughs> and in that case, that waste is not benign.
2: He's he's like a plane over Saskatchewan. Everybody wants to take a shit out of it. <laughs>
1: Could we also extend, Brennan, your discussion point to include things like religion or cults?
2: Yeah, I just didn't want to go into religions or cults just so I think That's like a pretty touchy subject, especially with religion. Cults, not so much.
3: Incest is fine, though.
2: Well, I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I'm pretty sure I was on the against it train. I don't think we have, okay, let's just, let's just all state our opinions of, on incest <laughs> right now for the sake of just like, <laughs> for the sake of clarity. I'm against it, okay? I am against it. I'm a strong advocate mm-hmm. for not being in the family.
3: Think so?
2: <laughs> I feel like you're lying right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he knows the truth. Just kidding. Just holding it. I will say I'm okay with it due to, you know, the amount of money it's making Pornhub right now. Wow. <laughs>
3: But <laughs> it's not incest if it's step siblings,
2: right? <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah,
0: you're right. Well, is it? Let's do some conceptual
1: analysis on that's another that's another one of those Venn diagrams you
2: can draw. <laughs> so, guys, for my paper in two weeks' time, we're going to be reading Incest, a Brazzer story. <laughs> <laughs> or would that be a film? No, well, it's the novel adaptation.
0: <laughs> I can't wait for the live reading of that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, which is morally superior. I don't see either as, like, I guess the difference is I see neither as, like, superior, but I see, like, um, lying as, like, actively morally bad, whereas if you're bullshitting, I'm just morally neutral on that.
3: I agree with you, but I feel like he, Frankfurt, takes a hard stance at the end of the paper when he says bullshit is more dangerous than lying.
2: Thought about that, and I think that (laughs) pertains much more to, like, the macro scale of things as opposed to the micro. Like, I think we've all been on first dates where we've bullshitted the ones that we've gone on and, like, uh, you know, you exaggerate certain elements or, like, you do things and say things in such a way that it pertains to your self-image and how you project it at other people. But in terms of the overall public relations, communication, all of that, when it comes to things like politics, when it comes to things like a company's PR initiatives... That's where bullshitting gets dangerous because you need to identify the things that are being done solely for the image and what it communicates.
0: I think one of the other things, and I guess this is in the um, Pascal Wittgenstein example, is like the woeful neglect for the truth, the kind of laziness for not seeking it out and speaking in ways which champions and highlights the truth. It's not that you are like, you know the truth and you're actively choosing to not say it. It's like, no, you're not even making an effort in the first place. I think that that's like that's a pretty key difference but then also to kind of maybe slightly push back on your point brendan if someone's bullshitting me on a one-to-one basis like i also might like feel some sort of i don't know not resentment just like but like yeah you're doing something shitty and you shouldn't be doing that i wouldn't have a wittgenstein uh reaction but it also be like yo like you're bullshitting me like stop doing that or whatever but when we think about it on a more macro scale like you say and like it's all encompassing or media and advertising and Politics, whatever it is, I feel like we're at a point where it's just the norm. Like, I feel nothing. It's just just what I've come to expect. I feel, like, no ill will towards, like, PR companies that are bullshitting because that is just the norm now. It's so... Like, I can't get mad at one piece of bullshit in
2: PR because that's the entire enterprise right so are you are you saying that in proving frankfurt's point or in trying to disprove it because i feel like what you're saying is exactly why he thinks it's so dangerous the fact that we now accept the negligence of truth
0: yeah 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 i think so um when you frame it like that yeah i would totally and then the onus
3: is on the person to decipher through all that bullshit which maybe not everyone has the capacity to do.
0: And I wonder, like, I guess I feel like I'm at this kind of saturation point where I just don't take anything at face value. Like, I like bullshit is the baseline. It is the starting point when I am presented an advertisement or a piece of PR release from a company or um, a politician's speech. Like, I am starting off on this point. doesn't mean that, it, like, the state of the climate is good. Of course, it, that's terrible. Um, but I at least I don't personally feel like I'm being deceived. Like, yes, but okay. Should you? I th- I feel yeah, I think
1: we should be, like, way more concerned with bullshit. Like, it seems like Frankfurt is, in, like, this Wittgensteinian sense. Because, like, like, we're talking about how, like, bullshit is super prevalent. Like, I think that's super dangerous, how we're slipping away from the truth.
3: And bullshit is much harder to disprove as well than an all-out lie.
2: That's a great point, actually. Uh, this is actually something I, I wanted to ask both Yana and Oliver in particular, seeing as that Oliver does copywriting and Yana's in marketing, like... What is the onus of truth in what you guys feel like you present? How much weight do you put on the truth? Or are you thinking solely about the public image? It's a great question.
1: Right now with what I'm doing, it's more just like, I think it's not really concerned with the truth. It's more concerned with just selling like a feeling or selling an experience. And
0: but isn't that exactly not always the step there. that you take, that is the starting point step. The yeah, fact that yeah. you are selling an item... But to start, you're selling a feeling or an experience or something like that. It is that initial leap that we take for granted that we should maybe question. And is
2: the mm-hmm. feeling bullshit? Yeah, right? That's... <laughs> you're transposing a feeling onto a product, but feelings are subjective experiences. And we have taken this as a starting point. like It is an assumption, like, yeah, of course, like,
0: this product is going to give you this experience or this, this feeling. But yeah, from ground zero, that's, that's
2: bullshit, right? On that note, like I've drank a lot of Coke products, and I've made zero friends through it. Zero. I've made diabetes happen before I made friends. That's false advertising, and that's the bullshit.
0: I've had, like, hundreds of iced teas in my life, and not once have I fallen backwards into a beautiful, like,
2: (laughs) gorgeous blue-looking pool
0: and felt so fucking refreshed. That has not happened one time. It's a tough one. Um, I, I guess, like, the way I approach it is, like, I think I'm perfectly ready to bite the bullet that what I work in is, yeah, basically selling bullshit. Um, to other people. I guess, I mean, for the most part, it's music concerts or sports events. Um, Those are at least real things that I think people are genuinely interested in. But I'm willing to bite the bullet and say, yes, like I'm engaging in this. But it goes back to the kind of like hopeless oversaturation of, okay, yes, I am engaging in this, but so is every other person in my role, in my field, in my industry, and in so many other industries as well, does that, that mean I can wipe my hands clean That's no it a hundred percent is like um, I, I think that we are all complicit, um, and again, marketing is of course a special case because like it's much more apparent, and it is kind of like the first thing you think of in terms of industries involved in bullshit and involved in making a shit ton of money. Perpetrating said bullshit. So uh, yeah, I'd be perfectly willing to bite the bullet. Like I would, I would truly be bullshitting if I try to talk my way out of that.
2: And Oliver, how do you talk yourself out of your crimes? <laughs>
3: <laughs> how do you please?
0: I mean, think of like those this new fucking iPhone commercial that comes out. Look at that fucking commercial and like these dancing iPhones and the, like the amazing like amazing music and this beautiful product. That is all bullshit, right? Like that is. Behind that is like piles and piles of fucking electronic waste in China and like people jumping out of manufacturing, like buildings, trying to kill themselves. But isn't
1: this a lie though? Because weren't we just talking about how bullshit is this fluid thing that has an improv, improv sense to it, but with these advertising and marketing, it's so well crafted,
0: right? It's more intentional. That's, yeah. And I think that it is a lie to say that, you know, just they're, they're ignorant, right? They know what's going on. They're choosing to ignore it. They're choosing to mask uh, these things that are happening in the background uh, and then marketing like whatever the product is in a totally different fashion. One of the things Oliver and I talked a little bit about, and I don't like tell me if you think this hits on some sort of a distinction between bullshitting and lying. And we talked about like a, you're going in, you have a presentation to make in university. And in the case of bullshitting, it's like, okay, you've done... Barely any preparation, and your class is in like an hour next to this presentation, and you basically just wing it. You're like up there, yeah, like this is what I think, this is my analysis. Um, like it's just garbage, but you are still presenting it. You don't know the truth in this case. You are just kind of, again, as Oliver says, like improvising, making it up on the spot, and bullshitting. For me, like I feel no harsh feelings against someone who does that. I'm like, yeah, okay, you fucked yourself over, whatever. But if you have the same case of, like, someone who's got a school presentation and has done the research and it conflicts with their hypothesis and they fuck with the data and they come up to you in front of the class and they lie about their data to come to another conclusion, like, I feel, of course, like, resentment against that. That kind of, to me, is what hits on why we feel angry at the liar and not so angry at the bullshitter who's just like, yeah, okay, like, you're trying to make this image that you know what you're talking about. Clearly, you don't. Whereas like the liar is like, no, like you're you're like manipulative and you've like deliberately lied to all of these people.
3: But isn't it kind of insulting as well, though, when a bullshitter, as you said, goes up and gives a presentation, they're also kind of banking on their audience, not knowing it either, or at least hoping that they don't.
0: That's a like that's a great point. And I think that at least one of the reasons why, again, I would feel less resentment towards the liar versus the bullshitter is because I feel like when I was if I was lied to. And then I find out a week later that I was lied to. I've now like lived in a, a week a willful ignorance and when I find out like no no, this person like lied to me. They have like fucked me over and I've been living like this for the last week. So I feel like something has like been done to me.
1: Who hurt you,
0: man? <laughs> I
3: know. What presentation?
0: <laughs> it was back in third year university. <laughs> but then think about when I feel like Someone is bullshitting. I don't feel like it. One, it's being done to me. Two, I feel like I recognize it immediately. So there is no like time gap of like ignorance that I have. It's like okay, no, no. no immediately, I'm experiencing the bullshitting in real time. Versus a lie, I will genuinely believe and see as the truth, and then a time gap, and be like, actually, no. Like I was completely blindsided, completely left in ignorance. Ignorance. But I don't know. Like then that only hinges on the fact that you recognize when you're being bullshitted to, which again, you might not.
1: Maybe because all of us have experienced a moment in life where we've had to bullshit. So we're more um, Mm. sympathetic towards it or like we just let it slide. Whereas with lying, not all of us go out of our way to create some malicious lie.
2: I feel like there's also instances where you could also prove the opposite, where like if someone was bullshitting versus someone lying, like I'm sure you can come up with certain cases where like if someone lied to me and said like, hey, you look great today and it was a lie... And they later said, like, hey, sorry, man, I was lying about that. You might actually want to, like, change the shirt out. I wouldn't be upset. Like, they tried to tell me a lie to make me feel better about myself. That's okay. And just as, like, there's an instance where if someone lied to me, I'd be okay with it. I'm sure there's instances where if someone bullshitted, then I would be very upset because it was, like, a misrepresentation of their character. So I don't think you can make a blanket statement about one being morally superior Because even just lying in itself is such like a cornucopia of moral ambiguity. So is a white
3: lie a lie or bullshit?
2: Exactly. How do we make that distinction? And I think context is so important, right? And then Oliver also, um, I want to come to a point that you made because you have a note in the document. What about withholding information? If we follow Frankfurt's train of thought, would this be lying? So. Could you expand on that a bit? What's like, what's like your gut reaction?
0: Gut reaction, I think it would be lying because they know the truth. To like
2: add to that, like
0: withholding information or any sort of manipulation of what the quote-unquote objective truth is. Like what if you have tinkered with some secondary or side elements of the quote-unquote objective truth in order to increase the quality of a narrative, for example. Or to uh, maybe you have a point that if you take this personal anecdote of yours, but you actually just shift like one small fact about it, or even like one large fact in order to like make a point about something else. And your point just becomes much more clear. If you quote unquote, lie about this personal anecdote. What about that?
3: Yeah, I guess that's fine. There's one text that he quotes. Um, Let me try and find it. He says, never tell a lie when you can bullshit your way through which I laughed at. And then he later goes on to pretty much tear apart. But I wasn't quite sure what that author, I think it was like a father telling his son, giving him that advice. And I wasn't sure how to distinguish in that situation, the lie from bullshit. Like, would it be like Yana was saying, just twisting some facts or whatever to give it more meaning or to further your point or what that would look like?
0: I'm having trouble thinking about the distinction between bullshitting your way through something and lying your way through something as well, because there's some sort of goal in both of those that you're trying to get through. I guess I go back to like it being more of a Venn diagram. They're bo- in both bullshitting and lying, you're probably doing something with the truth, whether you are maliciously twisting it, or you slightly bending it, or you just barely know it and you're making some assumptions about it. Something is being done to the truth in both of these cases. I think it comes down to the atten- intent of what you're doing with the truth, the way in which you are manipulating it or moving it around, and then the goal you have in mind in terms of what you want to accomplish and if it's like a kind of malicious goal you have in mind or there's all these factors, the context that it is in, he talks about the kind of directedness and the particularness of lying versus the kind of panoramic and more broad nature of like bullshitting. There's all of these different factors that are kind of about the same thing so I think even parsing apart these two concepts is, you're parsing apart like a Granny Smith apple versus like a other niche green apple that I don't know. <laughs> Should've done red apples for my analogy. <laughs>
2: for the record, Granny Smith apples are the worst apple on earth.
3: Oh my god! We're not doing this.
2: this oh my god! <laughs> is,
1: is it Granny Smith, the one that's like pretty small?
3: It's tart.
2: It's green and sour,
1: and sour, it's both. Yeah,
2: that's terrible. Oh, we are oh, split down no. the middle. Oh, wow. my God. Fucked up apples, man. Oh.
3: The great divide. Um, oh. There's five minutes left on the timer before okay. we are supposed to reveal the winner of Bullshit or Not.
2: Okay. You know, through our discussion, I feel like what started out as, like, Bullshit or Not is now Lie or Not. Yeah. <laughs> so our example at the start is, like, in direct opposition. <laughs> yes, <because laughs> the point we know the, you the you truth paid. and all of them. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> We had
1: good
0: intentions.
3: Yeah, I think the intention was (laughs) to later reveal the truth. So, no harm done, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We'll just have to, like, retroactively... Unless, of course,
3: Yana feels morally affronted that we've withheld the truth from him for <laughs> the 45 minutes that we've been speaking. Oh my God.
2: I think, um, I think the thing that I found most shocking about Oliver's story was the fact that you two seem so pure and innocent, and then Oliver said, smoke a joint, and I felt like your own mother, because I recoiled. I was like, <laughs> Oliver? <laughs> <You> know, Yana... <laughs> <laughs> no, they wouldn't.
1: <laughs> oh, the That's what people would be saying when they hear the podcast. It was October. Five star review to down to one. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, we were such little babies at the time. I can't believe it.
3: Moment but
1: it could be bullshit
0: though. So. <laughs>
1: that was the redemption. Bullshit. It wasn't actually a It enjoyed. was their
3: first time smoking. That's why Ollie didn't know how to ash it.
0: <laughs> I remember when we would be in college and we would like, we would have to sneak around through each staircase, meet around at the back of the building and go around the education building. And we would take, like, all we had was just. <laughs> shitty like little crushed weed, and we would take cigarettes and like just get <laughs> all the tobacco and oh, try yeah, and yeah, shove yeah. like, the back into it, and smoke out of that. And Ew. oh my god, the joint lasted like four seconds. It was so fucking windy. So, like, <laughs> so should okay. we get to the reveal then? Let's do it. um Let's go in reverse order. um Better win, Yana. The shit flap. <laughs> <laughs> true or false so interestingly this kind of goes this goes like into the question that i just asked about slightly bending the truth changing certain facts for the sake of narrative effect this is bullshit in terms of it happening to me but true in the sense that it happened to someone else
2: wow oh, you sly, sneaky that puts
0: all can over you call me a bullshitter point. in this case does that make me a bullshitter i'd say that's a lie yeah yeah probably a lie okay um, Sarah, you're up. The story was?
3: The story was I auditioned for a film role um, in a movie with Jack Nicholson and Robin Wright. I think everyone said true except for Yana. hmm True!
2: for <sighs> real. I
1: knew it. <laughs> How did
3: you know it? You were so...
1: What was that experience like?
3: It was not as glamorous or as cool as it sounds. I was in, they were filming in our hometown. So I was in like a packed warehouse auditioning with a bunch of other extras.
2: And that's what made me say true. Cause I know that like BC has got a pretty big filming uh, industry here. Yes. And then of course, like sometimes they go to like the out of, on the outskirts. So as soon as you said like audition for a role, I'm like true. Definitely true.
0: <laughs> you had mentioned to me a couple months ago that you wanted to sign up again. Um, will just sign up in the first place for a casting agency to do be extras Yeah, I did. Who knew you had a background in acting? Who knew you <laughs> had, like,
2: a CV already filled out? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oliver, that puts you at two points. Yeah. Wow. We're going to have a timer.
3: Okay, now Ollie, go. The point um, story, we're all going well, to know. This
1: one's going to be tricky because Yana might think differently. I think it was... a. I guess it was a lie
0: or a bullshit story because we didn't really almost set fire to the building. Tough one. Okay, so again, here's... There was no bending of the facts here. The objective truth stands. What has been done here is Oliver has like just done a bit of, a, it's not even an exaggeration because you didn't exaggerate any specific fact that happened. You just add this additional sentence of like, we almost burned down the building. But what happened was we were smoking in my dorm room, blowing out the window and we had like the joint left and we dabbed it with a little bit of uh, paper towel and we put it into the garbage, just like the garbage bin with toilet paper. And we start watching this YouTube video and I'm like stoned out of my mind. Oliver's like sitting behind me. We're like laughing. The music's or whatever is really loud. And Oliver's like, what's that smell? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about? What smell? He's like, no, it smells really bad. And we look over and like the garbage bin itself is like emanating smoke up and up. And the the toilet paper had caught fire. So we basically just like, I don't know, dumped a cup of water in it and something. So I don't know. We so I would say. Like had Oliver been even more stoned, like there's no way
2: I was catching this. Like the building might have burned down or at least the fire alarm would have went off. I think I think we'll keep that as bullshit. Just because that one line, like
3: it's an embellishment of fact, so we will call that bullshit. Fair bullshit. Damn it!
2: If Oliver gets this right, then he wins. First off, I'm kind of hurt that you would say true. <laughs> <laughs> you think? I, you, do you think I actually was sitting there on like just like man? I don't want to go out on this date anymore. My family member's dead. No, I have used. The death of a family member to get out of something before, but never if never a date.
3: Oh please! I could totally see you doing that. Sometimes. You've used your grandma as an example for. <laughs>
2: Whoa! I used my grandma to lie to this sense this guy. About a surprise birthday party, and I lied. I lied about it being her 80th birthday, which is like the most innocent possible mm. thing to lie about. Thank you
0: for, in real time, redacting sad son of a bitch, which I knew you were going to say.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I caught that. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, like, it just, it just rings bullshit because you can still use family, but you don't have to go to the extreme of death.
0: How about, like, okay, so we yeah. give shit for someone using family death, but, like, what if, what if you just use the broad family emergency? I got to go. I got to leave work. Do we feel, should we feel just
3: as much as I'm mm. I said true because I know somebody for a fact who has done that in real life. It wasn't to get out of a date. They were trying to get out of work to win an ex-girlfriend back. So they said, mm. hey, my grandma died. I can't come in today. I don't know. I if he's game. fine with it, I'm fine with it. It's his grandma, not mine.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a, <clears throat>
0: a bad lie that could
1: just end up, karma could come back. and.
0: I don't know. I would be happy if my grandson like used my death as a way to like, get laid.
2: Whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it is, or get out of getting laid. <laughs> I mean, no harm is done, right? No harm. Same. And
3: using a grandparent, like you have multiples of those.
0: Exactly.
1: It's exactly. like different
3: than saying like, oh, my dad died or my mom died. But then
1: once, oh it gets yeah, like there's like different the extremes of family, like, oh, different shit. family members.
3: <laughs> it's a blended family.
0: <laughs> okay, well, for the record, Oliver is the greatest. Bullshit detector out of all of us. He scored perfect, followed by Sarah, two points. Nice. Um, And then Brendan and I, bottom feeders, we caught one bullshit.
3: Turns out you can bullshit a bullshitter.
0: How do we want to end this?
3: So long. (laughs) Just kidding.
0: (laughs) Maybe with
1: a little remark on the iTunes
0: reviews. Right. Okay. All right. uh, Thank you so much for listening to episode 12 of the Jack's Way Collective. Um, did you guys learn more about the concept of bullshit? Uh, we certainly did not. If you guys are interested at all, um, please go ahead and um, review us on iTunes or send us an email at jackswaycollective at gmail dot
2: com.
3: And your reviews can be uh, true, lie, or bullshit. We don't discriminate.
2: Just so long as it's all five stars. It's gotta be happy. Yeah, stars. that's all we really. That's all we want.
0: The five stars. Next week, as mentioned before, we will be reading Leo Tolstoy's God Sees the Truth. Join us next week for episode 13. Thank you very much.